So what do you, what do you remember? I remember. I remember nothing. So I'm gonna go first. Uh, <laughs> I, there was singing. I think. Captain's Pod, Stardate 80, 96.23.1. Welcome aboard the Starship Enterprise, and thank you for joining us as we take a brief shore leave from the world of cinema scenes to explore the universe of Star Trek. I'm your Captain Ian Whittington, and with me as always, to this ambassador there are no shades of grey, it's Danae. Hey, hey! <laughs> and we just woke him up from an alien plant-induced sex dream, it's Commodore Dicer. Hi, ho, Trekkerinos. Trekkerinos, I love it. Whoa, whoa, just could you sort your microphone out because it just <laughs> pinged my headphones. Why do you attach it to the microphone? Attach it to your shirt. That's where you it- attached it to the <laughs> microphone. I just don't want to mess with your stuff. Anyway, welcome back to the Synterprise, Commodore. Thank you. It is good to be here. Is it though? <laughs> Are you excited to join us for this Strange New World season two next week? I really am. I, uh, first of all, love you both, have missed you both, have missed potting with you both, uh, and also have missed Strange New Worlds. Like, Mm. it's a really fun show week to week, and I really enjoyed talking about it last time. So I, for one, am extremely grateful to be invited back. So thank you. Heck yeah. Well, as advertised last... You're welcome. As advertised last week, we, you might be expecting us to be covering Relics. Um, I, Ian, hands down, hands down, hands up, hands down, hands down. My hands are up. The captain fucked up and forgot that we were doing a Strange New Worlds recap. So relics will be relegated, relegated to a future episode. And this week, yeah, we're gonna go episode by episode through Strange New Worlds season one. Give a little recap, talk about what we liked, if we can remember any <laughs> it's of it. So, it's so and weird. Then at the end of the show, do a little bit about what we're excited for in Strange New World season two. However, the uh, the Commodore and the Ambassador have not watched the season two trailer, so we will not be talking trailer spoilers, episode titles, just general feelings about the um, about season two. Danae. Like, are you, you excited as well? Like, do you have fond memories of Strange New Worlds? Excited for season two? I had very fond memories of Strange New Worlds, which, which makes me nervous because <laughs> sure. That's fair. I'm regularly ready to be disappointed with right. whatever I watch. Not because of my job. Let's just be clear. I was this way before my job was to get nitpicky about things that I watch. Um, but Strange New Worlds, I just remember it being a really fun experience because every week, there was something interesting to watch. I remember they kind of tried uh, like a, a, a horror episode. Mm-hmm. And then I was meeting TOS characters for the first time, which was a delightful conversation that we got to have as a crew where I'm kind of learning about, um, you know, Uhura and fell in love with Spock, of course. Mm, that's probably my single so, biggest joy that I saw from you was the D&D basically episode and the love of ethan peck's spock from you i love that he's become your spock yes he is my spock and i'm excited to um see him again because he's <laughs> handsome and i like to look at him also listen to him <laughs> for the podcast listener danae's entire face got like this the smoky <laughs> filter where you have like the uh... mist that comes across the lens she got yeah. legit doughy eyed that's amazing um, and I also really loved the how each episode was put together from a storytelling perspective. I remember liking the camera angles, the set designs, and specifically the costuming. I have um, little flashbacks of us geeking out on the costuming, especially in the mm. episode that we're going to talk about today, where it's like the fantasy kind of one. Yeah. 
Um, and I remember geeking out about that. So the, the hard thing about it is I'm going to really enjoy the show and remembering things and then get nervous when we start season two. Right. Uh, which we are not going to be spoiling. By the way, we're not talking about trailers or anything for season two. Both Commodore Dicer and myself like to go in completely blind. So I think the only person who's seen things coming up is Captain Marvel. I can't help myself. I genuinely said to myself, I'm not going to watch the, se- the season two trailer. I've consumed every second of it. I've watched it multiple times. It is possibly one of the most spoilery trailers I've seen for a TV show in in, in recent memory. It's pretty bonkers what they what they show you, but I kind of get it as well. It's a 10-week commitment. They, they got to get those numbers. I kind of forgive them a little bit for it, but yeah, for me, like, expectations are are really, really high. They were low for, like, kind of going into Strange New Worlds because I was like, it's a reboot. Fine, cool. I'm sure it'll be fun. It smashed all of my expectations. So yeah, it, it's high for season two. Can't okay, help yourself. Hear- <laughs> well, I... Do am I remembering right that we did see one because Paramount Plus is like ad free but not really for oh, its own yeah, content? Ad free and other than its own right? ads. I can't remember. I remember watching Correct. one going, I didn't want to watch this, but I watched it anyway. And was that Picard or was that Strange New no, World? So Thankfully, I don't remember, so don't remind me. That's awesome. That's great. So I remember thinking this at the time that it came on and I was like, it doesn't matter. She'll forget this by the time it comes around to do the show. It's true. It's great. It's That's wonderful amazing. that my life is so chaotic. I literally can't remember things that happened. That's it's wonderful, beautiful. guys. Well, Highly recommend. <laughs> on that quantum torpedo of chaos, let's head over to 10 Forward where I have a slideshow ready to talk about Strange New Worlds Season 1. Let's go! Three to be sent forward. Welcome to 10 Forward, the part of the show where we grab a drink or something from the replicator and share our post thoughts on season one of strange new worlds um and most important question first what are your beverages of choice uh i'm going to have a chai tea that i got from the atm machine the atm it's not it's a rep because <laughs> they look like atm you're this is why I no, don't it's, have a, you on it's a spider-verse reference it's oh, it's fine movie i haven't seen yes right yes. uh-huh. ambassador what would you like ah! Maybe something with like a memory booster because I don't remember <laughs> shit. I could be a chai tea latte. Some, some, some uh, what's the ginkgo biloba or whatever? Ginkgo biloba, <laughs> what did you call yeah. Me? I was literally about to say some ginkgo biloba, decided not to in case I was mispronouncing it, but I still could because one time Aaron and I were on the radio live <laughs> and we were mispronouncing oh, quinoa. No. quinoa all What did morning. you pronounce no it as? Quinoa. 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 Oh, it's not of quinoa. Course. The whole show. It's not. Every single no, time. didn't. We sure fucking did. <laughs> Get some some free shavokadu on that mm-hmm. quinoa. Yeah, amazing. I believe I believe we had just seen a, like an article that was released that said all of its health properties, and we mm-hmm. were really interested in that. And so we had never heard of quinoa before, and you can tell <laughs> because we called it quinoa the whole time. Amazing. <laughs> and how many calls did we get correct? I guess zero. Zero really? calls. Just let you do that shit. That's amazing. Just like nobody told me about N- the quelsadilla bullshit. Anyway, <laughs> nobody in the Ozarks. Because my ass. Okay, I'm completely derailed, but I would like some cream for my hemorrhoids, which are still rampant. They are still very much in me, on me, 
around me. Outside of you. Outside <laughs> of me, technically. Because, yeah, actually, no, that's a good yeah. point. Well, it depends. That's the whole... There's internal hemorrhoids, there's external oh hemorrhoids. Goodness. I have all that's of true. them. That's true. Both of them. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so how this is going to run down, um, we're going to go episode by episode, and um, we're going to... This was the ambassador's idea, because she's a bit of a sadist. Um, we're going to do the episode title... And we're going to see if the ambassador and the Commodore can remember what the episode was. I'll feed them a couple clues. And then once we regurgitate what the episode is, then we'll kind of say what what we loved about it. And if we can remember any sins and then we'll just we'll kind of go through like that. Okay, but but chat can help us. Right. Because as you lovely podcast listeners know, we do this show live. So as you're like giving us sort of like a synopsis, like chat can just like put in whatever they remember and we can use yeah, that information to okay but okay, we will okay. we will put a disclaimer if you use something from the chat we will we will make it aware so we don't think anyone is Somebody smarter tell me than where they this are. chat is i just do i you I'm, genuinely I'm... not have it on your screen i'm getting, you are so annoying this is going to be a great this is going to be amazing <laughs> like, just I, I will say before we get before we get into this i feel bad sometimes like i feel like i'm not a good fan of stuff because i really do watch like mm. watch stuff and then it goes away like Oh, you know, I watch so much content that like I just I don't hold on to details. So this is going to be interesting for sure for this me. This is going to be really mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I'm very similar. I was reading. I have the Wikipedia descriptions in front of me. Um, sponsored with the show Wikipedia, and they're not. Um, <laughs> I would hope not. And I st- yeah, and I still do not remember them when I read the description. It's really scary. Okay, the first episode is very helpfully called "Strange New Worlds." Mm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Good. Yeah. Do yeah. you remember anything about this episode? I remember everything about this episode. I do. <laughs> so but strange. Yeah. So weird. So and interesting. Can't we- really talk about why, but no, we have a very detailed and in-depth knowledge of <laughs> this particular, this particular episode. episode. This particular episode. Now, after, after this episode, I feel like all three of us might be a little bit cloudy, yeah, but for correct. some reason, yeah. this one <laughs> specifically the cumulative problems with this episode. Um. So um this is like man the pilot has this is the highest level of difficulty isn't it for for an episode this has got to introduce as much of the crew as possible it's got to be an engaging story you've got side characters that you have to introduce you've got to get the premise of the show you could argue some of that work is done by hey we're star trek you know what we are but going into it let's start with danae as the kind of newbie especially to this era of star trek specifically what do you remember about this episode and did it do a good job of hooking you in from what you can remember to the show um i actually am not going to have as detailed of a memory as the two of you um because i selected the parts that i went and reviewed Mm -hmm. um rather than watch an entire episode for reasons that makes sense so the things that i remember about this one is your excitement about pike and just sort of like who we're kind of honing in on and this scene of shock with the pictures up on the screen right now of like gruffy pike on a horse Uh, not even an alien horse just i'm on a horse horse. i'm on a horse (laughs) i'm a gruff mountain man Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden the spaceship pulls in and that was a really fun for me Mm -hmm. like image because it's a world i know well with horses (laughs) yeah called earth <laughs> and then all of a sudden just this really cool like spaceship um and then you know this mystery kind of starting i think it started off in this ep- episode right away right where we're, we we kind of saw his flash of his death 
Uh, yeah, it happens uh, about a third like, of the way like, through the episode. Well, actually, yeah. it, he's talking about it immediately to his lady friend, who yes. she's like, why won't you go back to Starfleet? And he's like, because of the thing that I can't tell you about, because it's it's dangerous and it's classified. But then he gets right. like flash in reflective surfaces. He sees his own melting face. Yeah, yeah. So we kind of see what he's seeing and what he's struggling with. Mm-hmm. Um, I do remember uh, I was kind of excited maybe even early on you get to sort of see what the writers are doing and one of the things i remember about uh strange new world season one was how i regularly enjoyed the how the women were portrayed Mm -hmm. and so he's having this casual like post hookup breakfast with this woman who's actually maybe his superior and it was super casual it didn't seem like it was degrading or shameful in any way it was just a professional grab your breakfast and it didn't explain a lot you said breakfast i have when you said grab your i was like where, where are we going <laughs> grab your sausage yes grab you your know. breakfast sausage amazing uh, yeah aaron what did it do for you do you remember well i know you remember the episode but what did it do for you as a well. pilot uh i was pleased that the pilot wasn't all uh here are the things we're going to be solving in this entire season of <laughs> strange new worlds yeah it, that was a big thing for it, you it really what there was a uh a singular journey and adventure in the episode even though it introduced some things that go throughout the season for sure including you know spock's relationship uh and pike's uh past future past future fast whatever you want to call it uh, mm-hmm. his future and his past uh I, I i really liked that we actually went to a different world had a problem to solve solved in a pretty pretty hypocritical way but uh <laughs> but yeah. yeah i i i really enjoyed that it, i could tell the show was going to be very very conscious about having an adventure of the week which i was really excited for so that's what yeah. that's what i remember uh from watching the first one also why did you think she was his superior i don't remember that thought- so she does say that her security clearance is higher than his higher. and he says not on this right but that doesn't necessarily it, mean she oversees not necessarily, him or anything okay. not necessarily yeah, yeah, but yeah. they're at the very least it. they're equal she's higher yeah she's higher up possibly on the security clearance right yeah, yeah. okay I- I think maybe I pick up on that stuff because it's interesting to me, you Mm -hmm. know, that the woman would be in more of a position of authority, which doesn't seem to happen as frequently when there's men that are in uh, in the captain's chair Mm -hmm. so, so much. Um, And and I also remember seeing the bridge. Yes, it's stacked with with women. Like, it's awesome. It's so, such a female But also just like the design of the bridge. Like, how it's super futuristic, yet also not. And they're using a lot of the same audio Mm -hmm. and just sucks (laughs) you in. It is Mm -hmm. so, quote unquote, respectful of the original series while also being kind to our 21st century eyeballs. Um, So for me, like the... what, What I loved about it the most was the adventure of the week thing. Like, it had to address... The Pike stuff that was set up in Discovery, because his future, all of that, him as a character, was introduced in Discovery Season 2. So you can't do this without referring back to it. And I think it found the balance pretty, pretty well. Uh, It's not my favourite thing about it. I would love it to just stand on its own. But if he hadn't showed up in Discovery, we wouldn't have had all of this passion and excitement and engagement for Strange New Worlds. So... I I love that it reverted back to being pretty quickly, like Aaron said, adventure of the week. That's when I got tingles because I was like, they're really going to do it. Like, it felt so much like TOS to me, and that's yeah. that's always been kind of my my track. So like, yeah, I was I was definitely on board. I was just so happy with that because I was like, even in episode one, they are committing to 
this is an alien of the week planet of the week problem of the week and yeah a little bit problematic at the end where he's just like snaps his fingers bring down the enterprise and tell them we'll shoot them unless they start talking so that they stop shooting each other let's let's recap what happens what you're referring to so in this episode we start off which was interesting because we start off like hearing some narration and it's actually a person on it's the alien planet's perspective of essentially the arrival of so clever an alien it's so so clever you think the voiceover is coming from a human but it's an alien talking about first contact with humans mm-hmm. right such a great way to open and then i um because we've just recently discussed it the three of us uh this planet witnessed something in the sky through telescopes that they weren't supposed to see mm-hmm and they reverse technology themselves <laughs> into a <laughs> into some warp technology that allowed them to essentially create a bomb which wasn't great because there's a civil thing going on mm-hmm. between the society which is turned like there's a big weapon involved so essentially our crew that we meet for the first time slash re-meeting for the old old time mm-hmm. that's a word i just made up old <laughs> It's O L D T H. Just for those of you who it are makes as much track. sense as nth time, which is what <laughs> yeah, everybody else says. So it's the old time. Um, <laughs> and they do the fun thing where they become the alien creature through DNA bullshittery. And <laughs> it's there's so also much bullshit. we're gonna mess with your genome. Okay. <laughs> hmm But it looks really, really yeah. fucking cool. Um, and they kind of go down and and, and try to. I, I think they're trying to get an assessment of what's going. I can't remember the exact plot, but anyways, they're trying to they're trying to help the society not blow itself up by the end. So it starts off with the aliens' perspective, and then it brings us in because there's a situation at hand. Mm. So I thought that was kind of clever. It's really really clever, and it's it's a fun summary of what the Enterprise's mission is as well. It's to explore new worlds and seek out new life. It's just, it's a great little bottle embodiment of what starfleet is about and what we're supposed to do sci-fi bullshittery to one side and it stretches quite a bit but we get a a great introduction to all of the characters who's do you remember who stood out the most in this episode because la'an gets the most kind of backstory we find out about the gorn and whatnot uhura gets a quick mention hema isn't even on the ship yet we get a little bit of spock and to pring do you remember who stood out um aaron to me personally, I mean, I think you just have to listen to the episode to know that it was Nurse Chapel for me. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. But part of that, she's so spicy. I, do, I love her personality, and I loved her outfit. I loved that <laughs> black and white suit so much. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, she she stood out to me. Tonight, uh, Spock. Spock. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Huh? There's something about that deep voice. So okay, it's so deep, up, isn't it? I went to this, uh, in the area where I was raised, there's a theme park called Silver Dollar City. Mm -hmm. And in Silver Dollar City, there is this deep sort of like, uh, they call it the Echo Hollow. And it's essentially just where the forest is kind of heading down south and they built a big amphitheater. And my mom, at the end of the of the day, they would often have like um, musical guests that would sing down in Echo Hollow and you could go and you could watch them. And there was this quartet that used to perform there regularly and the males the 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 base of the of the group of the quartet won national awards for hitting the lowest note possible by a human nice so i would sit in this theater Mm -hmm. and he would go 
and just start going all the way down into his registry while they're doing this incredible four-part harmonies and shake every seat in the theater because his voice was just rumbling so there's something about guys who have really naturally deep voices Mm -hmm. i've just always been fascinated by and man does this guy have it yeah yeah i I could i just just like like to say for my next point um <laughs> Put him down. That's amazing. Shit. Yeah. So yeah, for me, for Spock for so 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 many reasons, but also I think in this episode too, like we get to see part of like the conflict between his character of being mm. Vulcan but also human. Um and to pre his uh woman slash fiance now. Mm-hmm. Um, is an interesting juxtaposition too because yeah. it's like going into their culture which i thought they did a really fun job of sort of exploring and she's spicy as well she is like she i is. will not chase you across the galaxy for this marriage um you gotta you gotta be here for it uh, and ethan peck probably has the hardest job to do here like is there a job harder than playing spock for the third time like we have zachary quinto who did an incredible job and made it his own ethan peck has to do it again on a ongoing tv show and he just dominates it, makes it his own, has such a confidence with it. And I can even tell that this is a younger Spock, that this is a Spock that is less experienced than the one that we see with Kirk as well. Like, what an incredible job. Um, with I think Samuel Kirk or uh, James Tiberius? James Tiberius. Oh, right. Or James K, as he would... <laughs> currently be at this point because they got his name wrong um anyway um we're gonna move on now i believe and this is anything else you wanted to say about episode episode one no Any i think final, spending final a half thoughts? hour on 10 different episodes right. is gonna, go, we is gonna go really really well for us today yep. um it's th- that's gonna be the one we're most detailed on because it is freshest yes. in our minds for yes. for reasons for reasons so, for reasons episode two was called children of the comet Okay, so there's a picture on the screen, and it is of a Fabergé golden egg mm-hmm. inside of a glowing cave. And oh my god, this was so fun! Yeah, it was. Do you smell Samuel Kirk about to do something fucking dumb? Oh yeah, that <laughs> dumbass. Yeah. So what? What do so you remember? I, I, remember? I remember nothing. So I'm gonna go first. Uh, <laughs> okay. I, there was singing. I think. Yes! I think there was singing. Yes, That's was. all yep. I remember. Like, yeah, I, tell me Laura. what happened today. <laughs> Well, in this episode, I think we focused a little bit more on Uhura, who is kind of like hasn't figured out where she belongs in the crew yet, but she has a lot of different skills. And so she apparently knows like seven billion languages. <laughs> uh-huh. And so in this episode, a few of them beam down to ex- explore something as they do. Mm-hmm. And they come across this interesting cave that is, I think it's pulsing out sounds or something. And so she figures out as the episode goes on that they're communicating through song but i can't remember what the danger is i can't remember what the ticking clock mm-hmm. of you know like episodes always, have a yeah, ticking clock always. i can't remember what it is in this one and i don't remember what happens when the egg opens up you remember the most important thing which which is that this is an uh, this is an ahura episode and it is beautiful is this also the one where hammer appears because doesn't does he say something to her in this yeah. episode about kind of like being brave or like he, the way that his Hemmer lives his life as kind of knowing essentially where the end is and then living life to the fullest or something to that effect. I can't so remember. That bit is that's that's a conversation that happens way, way later. This is the one where they're all making dinner at the beginning of the thing, and Ahura is just like, Wow, you're an Enar, so how do you cook so well? And she's a little bit patronizing, and he's just yeah. like, I don't I have other senses. 
why are you talking to me right now? Like he's he's a little <laughs> bit like get yeah. back in your place. And she says, oh, you have like a precognition thing. Do you use that to cook? And he's basically like, no, I just use my hands <laughs> and other senses. Is maybe in this episode they introduce that the characters all kind of get together and cook together exactly. too, which was sort of an, 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 a new thing. And we're sort of seeing all of the different crew, mm-hmm. including the second in command. I've, I remember her kind of. Yeah, Una comes up a little bit. Being a dominant more. position. Yeah. Yeah. So the the Enterprise and crew find a comet that's heading towards a planet and is gonna blow them up or destroy them. So they've got to figure out what this comet is doing. They beam inside it, find the egg. Kirk touches it immediately and gets zapped and like nearly dies. Um, and Spock puts Ahura under a lot of pressure to translate it. And she's just like, I'm a cadet, I can't do this. And Spock's just like, you fucking can, get on with it. And then they both start singing together. Like, he has to, like, really nervously sing. And it, it, it is just Ethan Peck singing, because it's not great, but you can tell it's, like, his yeah, deep baritone. Yeah. And yet they work out that the language is singing and when they get the right tone and stuff. And mathematics, I think. Yeah, exactly. And that's what activates the ship. They eventually find out that it's some alien <gasps> being. Go on. Oh, is this the one where the alien species believes that, like, something happens? Does does Spock go out of the ship onto a shuttle and move the comet so that it doesn't hit? Exactly. And they kind of, they're saying, like, well, we're going to hit this thing anyway, and it's just the way that God intended, essentially. But then it's also like, but also science could alter it exactly somehow, so and they just assume that god did it or something at the end there's this double meaning where like yeah. whatever the whatever the whatever was on the comet was actually going to help the planet and was actually gonna like give it water or extra something and the aliens yeah, were something arguing to kind of seed the life or whatever yeah the aliens were really pissed that pike had moved the ship because like look we set it on this course because this is manifest destiny it's supposed to be there so there, there's this interesting argument between was it predetermined did a a god do it or is this science and it was supposed to happen and nature was making it happen and no one's really right at the end of it and no one's really wrong because it all turns out even with spock's involvement as well it all turns out as it was supposed to turn out the prophecy is fulfilled and everybody goes about their own way which is they avoid like a major war or something yeah Yeah. that was a really interesting episode and also beautiful aaron did any of that sound familiar (laughs) yeah yeah no i i mean when you talk about it i remember it um yeah is this the one where because Uhura's great at languages and so she's able to yeah yeah to like do something with a song right yeah. okay all right yeah I think I'm with you guys now do you remember any visuals or is this bringing up any feelings <laughs> or anything about the episode uh no I remember thinking that I was glad that uh, Uhura was uh getting you know some prominence early on yeah straight um, away because uh the young uhura thing is really interesting to me um Mm -hmm. and because a lot is made i think in this series about her um kind of being a a a wunderkind you know Mm -hmm. um and i think that's that's really cool yeah yeah it was great i remember thinking wow they're going out of the gate they're going really bold by giving her a lot of screen time and i loved that. would you say they're boldly going oh my goodness mm-hmm. i okay. would not i, would, oh, we, I, I, would I think that. you kind of just not. did I actually that, i think though. you kind of yeah. just did episode three unless there's any final wrap-up thoughts danae no no episode three the ghosts of illyria oh, yeah! 
Sorry. Yeah. <clears throat> Sorry. Yo, what do you what remember? Was the title again? Yeah, Danae, go. I, I, I literally don't remember anything about this. Aaron, so. you can just go back to writing your scripts <laughs> if you want. Man, this is called The Ghosts of Illyria, mm-hmm. right? Okay, so Correct. in this episode, Pike and Spock, I believe it's just the two of them, uh, they beam down to this uh planet Mm -hmm. that has uh like an archive like a library archive and the people that were there before are all gone and there's these horrible electrical storms that come in so there's going to be a window where they essentially can't talk back to their ship Mm -hmm. and the comms are down and they're trying to get into this system to figure out what happened they're looking for clues if i remember that part correctly um and this is one where the uh you know star trek does a thing where everybody on board is an is if uh, affected by something and i believe we were likening it to the tng series where everyone de-evolves yes genesis yeah because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's these episodes where everybody has like something happen and only a couple of them really make it uh-huh. through um and in in this one i think it's through the lights or something that to do with the lighting structure but everybody is essentially impacted and they figure out by the end that the ghosts uh, on this planet are actually the people that used to be on this uh, at the station. And there's something to do with uh, them basically turning into just light and they live inside of the electrical storm. Um, but the reason that our crew is saved is because second in command, what's her name? Una. Una um, is a race of humans. So it, or just a race. So that looks, she's an Illyrian, which means that she's Illyrian. been genetically modified from birth, mm-hmm, and that's been mm-hmm. banned. That's illegal. So she's had to. She shouldn't hide actually who, be working for exactly. Starfleet. She's had to hide who she is in order to join. Starfleet. That's right. That's right. So she essentially has the ability within her genetics to overcome this really light intense disease. heat that, like this yeah. light disease, where. Everyone is essentially just really attracted to light and does some weird ass. They're like shit setting fire to stuff episode. in their quarters. Uhura is like hiding. They're all like licking light bulbs and stuff. And yeah, they <laughs> yeah. they synthesize a cure from Una's um genome, but she has to admit that she's an Illyrian, um, and they all agree to keep it hush hush and keep it quiet. I also believe it was this episode when they were trying to shut down certain parts of the ship that the doctor gets very possessive mm. of a specific teleportation Indeed. area. Indeed, yeah. He gets very protective of his emergency transporter and how that must be kept going um, and nothing must be tampered with. A uh, question came up in the chat that's relevant from JCD. Didn't Hammer try to beam part of the sun or the planet's core onto the ship? Yeah, the answer is yes. He did. Yeah, I remember <laughs> this did. now. And he's super <laughs> yeah. And I remember being so excited because he like nerds out. He's like, we can do this and spits out a ton of techno jargon. And I'm like, that's my chief engineer. I can't wait to have seven seasons with him. <laughs> and then also... At that time, we didn't know what was going on, so I thought he had a plan. Like, oh, this is a really important part of the plan. But no, he just wanted to get as close yep. as he possibly could <laughs> to the hottest thing he possibly could. Yeah, it's so um, clever. It's so good. Yeah. Uh, Aaron, again, any clever. of that ring a bell? What did you remember from this episode? So, <clears throat> Uhura's, like, really good at languages, right? Like, uh, Yeah, she's really good especially at Especially in the, this episode. This this episode, uh, yes, yeah, started Ring a Bell as, as you talked a, a, a little bit about that. In that, this is one of those storylines that did kind of continue through the season. You know, mm-hmm. there was th- threaded throughout. There are a couple things here that are threaded um, with the, uh, you know, 
what was the buffer? Is that what it's called in the the teleportation? The buffer, the transporter buffer. The, yeah, yeah. The the transport. Yeah, isn't not, not teleport. teleport. Got it. Got transporter. it. Yes. Yes. Um, my goal on this show oh. is to prove how little uh, Star Trek. <laughs> person Jogging, i am you know yeah uh yeah so that buffer stuff starts here as well as uh some of her genetic um things start here so yeah i'm i'm, I'm remembering that um i'm just i'm just trying to figure out if they're trying to get as close to the hottest thing as possible why they're all not in sickbay in sickbay with nurse yeah, chapel yeah, yeah that's what i was just trying to, uh-huh. to figure out so this does set up the really important storyline of of una being an literally an illegal alien um and how she's gonna have to keep that secret and I think um, Captain Pike is like, no, we need to bring this to Starfleet and fight for your right to to party and be on the ship. And she's like, no, I want to keep it a secret. I don't want to. I don't want to have anything to do with this. Um, and yeah, it just. It, I think I had a little bit of concern about uh, how much are we going to be doing these threads that go throughout the series. But this still ended up being a really fun bottle episode, and I remember chapel running around the ship like trying to her energy when she's trying to solve a problem is so so fun um uhura tries to help out with it as well it just does a great job of bringing the crew together and putting in a bit more of a uh backstory with with the the first officer as well and pike and spock get some buddy time down on the planet as well and it's just it's fun to see them on an away mission as well and trying to crack the secret of who the illyrians are and where they've gone as well where they've disappeared to Yep, and see their cool way team costumes. Oh, that jacket! Outfits. That jacket is for sale. That black leather jacket. Uh, well, it's the gray one, wasn't it? I think it was gray. Oh, gray. Yeah, yeah. It's, oh, oh, dribble, so dribble, 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 dribble. Um, yes. So, uh, we actually do find out at the end of this, uh, or Una finds out that Mbenga is hiding his daughter in stasis. Oh, that's right, she, and she doesn't say anything exactly. about it. Exactly. She has to go into the transporter buffer, figures it out, and keeps the secret. Um, so that's when, I think, I remember Aaron being like, okay, we've now got three, yeah. four things that yeah, are going it was on. Yeah, it was starting to be like, oh, please, can, let's let's not get bogged down in season-long stuff. Yeah, because yeah. we've got Pike's thing, Una, uh, Mbenga, and um, uh, uh, La'an as well with the Gorn. Yeah, they did a good job of like just a little bit there's something that goes throughout the whole mm-hmm. thing, but it wasn't so heavy-handed, yeah. I, which was nice. Overall, I come out being positive with it because I think it is good to have some of that. We'll see. <laughs> I'm I'm holding my thoughts still, season because I just the the season one ending, which we will get to, mm. work concerns me. But that's but that's fine. correct. Yeah, that's fair. Okay, on to season four. Question. No, it's se- season four. That's amazing. Let's My go. God. Season four is always a good one. Episode four, Memento Mori. I'll be honest, this is the one I remembered the least about until I reread up on it. Um, Danae, as, as you are leading the way, um, what do you remember from this one? And the image that we've well, got on screen of Spock and uh, La'an is a, is a big hint. Yeah, it, it is. Um, I, think she, I think he is in her mind in this image. Mm-hmm. So they did like a little mind meld situation. And La'an has some pretty major trauma because turns out her backstory is legit horror story um, where she was basically on a Gorn planet where Gorn would hatch and eat the prey, which was her and her family and her friends and everybody. And she somehow escapes 
and is found later on and then she just carries around those emotional scars and she's also like one of the only people to survive the Gorn if I remember and so uh, I don't remember if this is the same episode or not but there is a Gorn like situation later on I don't think it's this one I think it's the horror episode where she essentially starts to take the lead and in this episode I remember she's still kind of struggling with when to say what she thinks and be in charge so by the time we get to the episode where they're in literal danger she's like you do what i say or we're not going to survive and i think this episode sort of gives us an understanding of why she's this confident um but i don't remember a lot other than that so i did like pull up a little information and i can give you a very important clue uh, because they were on route to deliver an atmospheric processor upgrade on Finibus Finib- 3. Yep. So that gives us everything we need that to know. That's the most honestly. important thing. I know that's what Aaron was going to say. Um, based on Danae's recap, do you remember anything about this? I rem- I immediately remembered that this was the first like major Gorn episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I only say major because there are some Gorn hints in the first episode and yeah. some other things. Mm-hmm. But um, and I remember how excited you were about the Gorn being like the big bad. I, and- <laughs> I, for, for me, it's just such a smart choice because the Klingons have been done. The Romulans shouldn't be there yet. The Gorn were always in the background. The Gorn and the Zenge- Zenkethi were always in the background of TOS, but we never saw them. So th- it's just a really smart alien to pull on that the fans know of, but haven't been explored very well. Yeah, I, I I do remember I'm reading in the chat. I do remember some of the like, you know, uh, starships as submarines kind of stuff that was kind yes. of cool with like the depth charges and that kind of stuff. Oh, and the brown yeah. dwarf as well. Mm-hmm. This episode was I don't gorgeous. That part. So the Enterprise ends up going in orbit around the brown dwarf to hide. And they kind of do this warp thing with time dilation to hide from the Gorn. Um, it's just it's yeah it's really oh, it's really very, pretty. It's very much Crimson Tide, Hunt for Red October. Like there's there's a lot of that cool stuff in here. Um, but yeah, the the season gets muddled to me. I I don't think this is right. I think this is a later episode where there's like a child or something that mm-hmm. they uh, like uh, that is in charge of the entire world or something. Yeah. I think that's a later we'll get episode. To that. That's yeah, two episodes from now. Okay, yeah. I wasn't sure if that was this one, but um, yeah, that's that's all. Yeah, so this one is their. Uh, sending supplies to a planet and they find out that it everyone's dead everyone's been killed and laan recognizes the pattern of attack oh, yeah. as being gone so battle stations and they believe her they believe that this is a gone trap um so the gone pretty much come down on them pretty quick and we get to see our first gone ship which was really we remember it being really really cool i remember liking the, the look of it and i think danae really liked the look of it um, i think i hated it because it didn't seem very aerodynamic Oh, yeah, but also space. <laughs> right, which is what you said, rightly so. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's space. That's such a thing. Yeah, Borgs are just big cubes. Like, yeah, dude, get like over it. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's, that makes sense. It's amazing. Um, and Spock and Laan end up on a shuttle, and she can't quite fully communicate how they want to get out of it. So she has oh. the answers, but her trauma is preventing her from accessing it. Because she can re- she can kind of read some of their language yes, somehow. It's like it. it's like locked oh, in her no, mind. It's the way they and so she was gonna give them the communication to basically leave and she kinda yes. like fools them essentially. Yes, she does, because they're like using light pulses or something to communicate yeah. and she recognized that. And we get to see Spock doing some mind meld shit, which is just a mind meld ex machina, just let's mind meld some shit and, and get it on. Um but yeah, just I 
I loved again. It's this. We're actually seeing an accidental theme here. Of sorry, it's a deliberate theme, but I didn't notice it until hindsight. Of each episode is giving a lot of backstory into a character and setting up future things while also being a bottle episode. I'm really enjoying the bottle episode-ness of it more than I am the ongoing themes, but I still think it's a really, really clever way to do it. Like, the fact that I barely noticed it means that they're intertwining it pretty seamlessly, in my opinion. Um, There is something, there's a picture that I'm looking at as well that says Uhura and Hammer must hang on for their very lives as the main cargo bay mm. is vented. So... I think that it was in this episode that they had that more in-depth conversation yes. about how Uhura needs to kind of figure out essentially her purpose. And that helps Hammer. Like Hammer kind of knows his purpose. So he has a confidence in his path, which of course we're supposed to believe makes his death easier somehow. Because <laughs> he's yeah. happy that's the end of his story, Grumble. Um, oh yeah, the brother figured out the language and made a book that he gave her and she remembered it after the mind meld. Thank you, Nick. From well Chat. remembered, Nick. Nicely done. Although I think he said he just watched it this morning. So well remembered for this morning. Well, what? <laughs> lucky us. <laughs> lucky us. Um, yeah, I think Hemmer and I think Hemmer and Ahura have to hide in a in a, in a a thing, in a stasis pod or a cargo tube that's or that's the episode that he gets oh is that, that's the episode where he dies oh she's stuck inside it and he gets jets yeah that's yeah. that's later on <laughs> sad yeah. face um so yeah important stuff for laan loving her as a character i love her like no give shits attitude um she's great our bodies come in different shapes and sizes so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too that's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. So on to episode five, man, we're we're doing doing well on doing this inside now. Um, episode mm -hmm. five, Spock Amok. Like my goodness, this is the. Do you remember what this episode is today? Boring. Aaron does. Go, Go on, for Aaron. It, Aaron. Oh, this is uh, this is a Freaky Friday. Yep. This this is a body switch episode. Oh there yeah. It is. Oh my gosh, yes, that's right. Oh, this is a very strange one, isn't and this it? Was, I, this was such a swing. I was like, I cannot believe you're doing a body swap episode. Like, I can't believe this is actually something we're watching now. Spock has to be to Pring, to Pring has to be Spock. Both getting an idea for what the other has to go through. Um, yeah, they set it's, up some it's love bonkers. triangle stuff here too with Chapel, they right? Do, with Chapel, yeah. correct? Yeah, because yeah. Chapel is like talking to Ortegas, I think, about a date that was going wrong, and they end up Spock and her end up talking about love and shit and stuff. This one lost me a little bit. This was probably my least favorite of the of the series. I think I remember you two really liking it because it was a bit wacky and a bit off the rails. It went a little bit too wacky for me. Because I think for some reason isn't um Pike sidelined and 
Spock has to do more than he's supposed to, but to bring is in Spock's body. This, this isn't the wacky episode I remember liking the most, but I do remember, I, I like the wacky stuff. Like uh, uh, some of my favorite TOS episodes are the ones that go off the rails. Um, so yeah, I do enjoy this kind of stuff. Um, and I remember, I remember enjoying it. Um, I, I, I like the performances too. I always think it's fun for somebody to try to perform as somebody else. I find that really interesting. So. Yes. And they had like little gestures that they were doing and, there's something really um, dangerous about asking a Vulcan. You're asking the person who's playing uh, to Pring to be Spock, who is slightly human, but also cleverly try to emulate while covering up. It's, it was a lot of mental gymnastics. And to also know that this was probably meant to be a comedy. That's a lot to process for the actors to do their job properly. And I do remember enjoying it because it... For me, the Tapring character was like, you know, because <laughs> she's so moany. serious. Yeah. yeah. Bit of a but at the same but at the same time, beautiful. Um, not only the character, the actor, obviously, but then the culture. We're getting to see these different rituals. And she's just so very serious. And so I w- focusing a little bit too much on the seriousness could have tanked it. Mm. But then they like flip it out and all of a sudden she's in Spock body and Spock is in uh, to pring body and then so worse it was delightful to to watch i do remember really being impressed with how they pull this off even though it could have all been avoided if they would have just talked about what was happening which they eventually do yeah. and that was really funny because this all comes from um, a ceremony they have to do to understand each other better and it gets disturbed <laughs> yes. or something happens and they end up something switching happens. bodies i i think i also remember that this was about the time where i really felt comfortable enough to go no 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 they're getting the episode by episode thing right because there are many other examples, including now another one with the latest season of Picard, of them not of of them stretching something that is uh, just like one thing. And this show, at this point, I'm going, oh no, it understands that the episodes are contained little units, and that's so important for me in a in a TV show, especially a Trek show, um, for it to be these. Contain little units. They can have little threads that cross over. That's fine. I mean, I don't need those as much as most people. But uh, but it definitely, each episode was feeling like its own thing. Um, I want to be able to jump back in and just watch one of these episodes <laughs> on its own without having to worry what season right. it's in. That's right. why I love TNG. Yeah, yeah exactly. I also remember, I, I think I remember us talking about how this gives us a little bit more into Spock's history with T'Pring before TOS where maybe the relationship with Chapel is a little bit different because maybe the question for fans is always like, well, tell us more about Dupring. Like what was before? And this is the show addressing that slightly, but doing it in a clever way where one, Dupring is angry and chat brings this up, but there was a dinner that Spock didn't come to because there's a negotiation. I, was this a negotiation with the race that uh-huh. really appreciated honesty yes. maybe? Yeah. What was it, what was the title of this episode? Um, Spock and Mock. Was it something about something candor? Uh, oh no, absolute candor is from Picard season one. That's the that's the Romulan sect that appreciates absolute honesty. But these aliens were very similar. Like they didn't yeah. like the fl- so Pike comes out mm-hmm. saying that you shouldn't join the Federation because of this reason, this reason, and this reason. Like maybe you should join the Klingons because. The Klingons will do this. And then they're like, okay, we'll join the Federation. Because instead of trying to convince them, Pike just lays out, here's the pros and cons. Decide. I'm not going to try and fluff you one way or the other. And that was really clever. Like, I loved that. 
Yeah. And and so then Tapring has to join those negotiations yes. as Spock. Uh-huh. Meanwhile, Spock has to go do some of Tapring's duties, which we get to see, and I think chat mentioned it, uh Cyborg. So I totally Maybe, or- Yeah, I totally freaking forgot about this. Tapring works basically in a Vulcan rehabilitation center where Vulcans who have lost the path and don't believe in logic are getting brought back into the fold. And Cybok is there. And I was like, oh man. We're going to mention Cybok, who is the big bad in Final Frontier and Spock's half brother. So I was like. And Spock punches him out as to Correct. Yes. Yes. Correct. Yes. Um, and which I love. Which is and it's a great moment. But I was like, wow, we're bringing in a lot of shit here. And I com- if Cybok comes up in season two, I would have been like, oh shit. Yeah, we did mention him in season one. It's a weird thing to put in there. I would really appreciate Nick reminding us of this quote, which was Spock saying, we have swapped bodies. You can tell by our subtle yes. but different <laughs> mannerisms. And they were both exactly the same. And I remember that sling. That's why I was chuckling it's earlier. It's Pike's reaction because Pike is just like, yeah, no. He's <laughs> like, yeah, of course. I knew that. Totally different. Uh, Pike is great. Um, Anson Mount thinking- is great in this episode. Watching his reactions to them, his reacting is so good. The, the chat's saying that it wasn't Cybok being punched out. So do your research on this one. Uh, chat's also reminding us this was the Enterprise Bingo, the one oh where number goodness. one and Laon <laughs> find out that they are nicknamed the No Fun Officers. Yes. And they eventually, at the end of this episode, if I remember correctly, they end up going and like signing a tile outside, outside the, ship. the ship while in space. I don't space. know why I hated that whole plot line. I don't, I don't. You hated the Enterprise Bingo of having to take off these things throughout the ship. Did you think it was like juvenile? I don't remember. I I just, I just had a vivid memory of being like, I really didn't like that storyline. I can't remember exactly what it was though, but I think it was something about, it felt, uh, it felt inauthentic to what those characters would be spending their time on or doing or. This um, wouldn't be important to them. So they wouldn't feel the need to do it just to prove a point. I think that might've been it. Something like that interesting okay well moving on to episode six. Oh boy lift us where suffering oh, this is the one i was reach. this is the one i was thinking yeah yeah oh, this episode fuck just tanked the rest of the season for me because every single episode uh-huh. after this one i was like are we not going to talk about this it was rough like we'll just get straight into the summary um the 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 crew of the enterprise go to this planet after a distress call um and because da, 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 so there let me just get this right pike has met this alien right. before and um basically they go there to help and find out that this kid is basically going to be sacrificed to this machine that creates energy for the, the planet battery, is a battery here's a battery for this planet and pike basically has to argue this is wrong you shouldn't be doing this um and he's told to back off and st- you stop interfering with this you can't and they kind of lose the day and they have to leave with no resolution the kid gets plugged in and is a battery and it's implied that this is very painful as well and that this goes on for decades until till they die in agony and then another kid is put in so there's this is where the prime directive and non-interference comes into play and how that can be a negative thing morally but where do you draw the line um yeah writers where do you fucking draw the this line one got you Danae. this one got you big sacrifice listen I have a child. Everything is different now. That little kid has an iris face and I'm fucking pissed. Yeah. Aaron? I don't have anything bad. I can't I can't top that. 
I mean, that's that's the. Did anything else happen in this episode we need to talk about? Because we can just fucking yeah, move on. Yeah, we can move on. I think. Fuck this yeah, show. No, that, Fuck <laughs> it. I don't want to watch this movie. I don't want to watch this show anymore. I remember thinking, yeah, from seven, eight, and nine, we were like, this had better come up again. Like, we'd better revisit this planet and save the day. It does not. Episode it does not. seven, the Serene Skull, Aaron. Tell me about your feelings on, I, on this episode. I, my brain just short, short circuited. Uh, I, I just, I, 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 I like this character. <laughs> so we're talking about, <laughs> and I've completely forgotten her name. Um, we're talking about. I've brought up on screen a picture of the big antagonist in this episode, which is um, Doctor Aspen, played played by Jesse James Keitel. Um, well, let, let, let me also be clear: it, it's it's not just a very much. Uh, uh, the attitude of sensuality that this character carries mm-hmm. with them. It's also, I really liked the way this character, uh, if I remember correctly, played in and out of expectations. Like there, yes. there was, you know, there was a real uh, villain or hero vibe to this character, which is kind of the episode, unresolved, which, which I, which I really, really liked. I love this character. Yeah, and the picture that we have on screen at the minute is, um, is Doctor Aspen. Um, draped trying across... to seduce me. Let's be clear. She is <laughs> draped, trying to seduce me right now. Draped across. Um... I think everyone <laughs> trying to seduce everyone. Draped across um, the. Um... Uh, you've short-circuited me draped See? across the See? captain's chair in a very seductive manner. So this is about a pirate. This is basically a pirate storyline. Picard and friends. Picard, damn it. Pike and friends get kidnapped by pirates. You might be more flustered than I I am. I I think I might be. Basically, she's um, pretending to be a... um, Masquerading as working for Starfleet, is working with pirates um, to bring... So her real name is Angel, I think. And Angel is trying to free a Vulcan prisoner that T'Pring has. So it kind of brings T'Pring back into the story. And... um, I remember at the very end of this one, this is what sticks out in my head, is that Chapel and Spock end up kissing to prove a point that T'Pring doesn't matter so that Angel will let T'Pring go. Is that... Am I remembering that right? That sounds right. Yeah, like they sort of forced a situation where there was an interaction between Chapel and Spock and T'Pring had to watch or be aware I, of I it. do also want to say in just say we will do uh, do our best and we're all learning and, and those kind of things. But uh, Captain Angel is a nine is a, a, nine, a non-binary character non-binary. with they, them pronouns. So, ah, so what I read was that they use she, her and they, them. Could be. Could so be. I, I could be mistaken. We'll go with they, them to be safe. Yeah. Yeah. But anyways. Just wanted to, to put that out there. And uh, Jesse James Keitel does an amazing job. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely do. Um, sorry, carry on, Danae. I don't know. <laughs> I don't remember anything about this one at all. Zero. Yeah, I remember the pirates. I remember Pike having to talk to the pirates about, like, cooking. And is, like, offering to cook for them, oh. I think. And there's shenanigans yeah. with that. That's why Spock is in command mm-hmm. and Angel takes over. Yeah, so our crew ends up, like, shenaniganing yes the pirate crew and then i do remember in my mind our crew at their helm yes they take over the whole ship and they're like fighting to get back to the bridge and pike is is in command of a pirate ship trying to take the enterprise back yeah i remember this episode being so much fun but it feels like it should be an earlier one doesn't it like it because the back end of the series gets a bit serious it's kind of like I don't know. It feels like it should have been a bit earlier, but I really hope we see this character again because 
uh, Angel just oozed. I'm meant to be captain of a ship. I I do remember being frustrated with the resolution. How because Angel's going to like thre- threaten to kill Spock if uh, uh, if Dupree doesn't release Cybok or someone else. It may not be Cybok. I think it's someone else. And Spock kisses Chapel to prove it to prove that that won't matter. And Angel's just like, okay, see you later. And then Pike yeah, attacks. Angel gets and away, gets away. Yeah. by beaming to like a a getaway yeah, ship. Exactly. I I still think like they had the upper hand, but we'll see. Okay, on to episode eight, mm. um, which is my goodness, the Elysian Kingdom. I this is the wacky. Oh, this yes. is the wacky episode that I liked. The, this is the, the wacky most. episode that worked for me. Yeah, um, yeah Aaron, kick us off. Mm-hmm. No, I just, I just remember thinking it was so fun to watch everybody. Uh, you know, uh, fall into this different fantasy world and mm-hmm. the different types of characters. Uh, doesn't Pike turn into kind of a goofy court jester <laughs> kind of character? Everyone Loved is playing. That. Everyone is playing different character archetypes. Yeah, and not necessarily completely against type, but oftentimes very against uh, type. Yeah, which I again love that kind of stuff. Uh, Spock so. is a wizard. Yeah, it's yeah. so good. Um, and I remember thinking I enjoyed the story that got us there and thought it made sense. And it's a very contained episode. I just, yeah. this, this is what I want to see. Yeah. It was incredible. This is also the episode where the doctor's daughter dies slash becomes a sentient being. Right? Yeah. My goodness. Right. Like a, a whole right. like entire I don't, different I think Race. I think I remember saying this at the time. Maybe not. I don't think we needed to know about that until this episode. I really feel like yeah, shows feel like they have to stretch out the, mm-hmm. the the emotion and the backstory of these characters sometimes too much. I think if we had found that out at the beginning of this episode, had some of that stuff from episode whatever it was, three or whatever, and just yeah. locked it here, I, I don't know. Maybe that's just me wanting things to be even more self-contained, but I feel no, like it could I have agree. been here. It's one of the few reasons I wouldn't necessarily come back to this episode, because it's basically a holodeck episode, but we don't have the holodeck to do it with. So people are, are trapped in a whatever situation we want. Now it's like it's a King Arthur D&D style thing. Um, because the nebula has interpreted the book that is being um, read by Dr. Mbenga to his daughter as um, like a respite. I think the nebula is trying to do something nice by giving um, an experience to to his daughter um, through all of this. And Mbenga has to work his way through the ship to get back to sick bay to figure out what's going on, I think. I think um, we talked about whether or not the daughter had to kind of appear in different points. And I think that the emotion of the father releasing the daughter might have felt a little bit strange having no context before this episode. Mm -hmm. I think that's where I kind of remember landing on, on it um, because it shows like that he had time to really consider what was going on and putting that backstory into this episode may have been a bit too much, especially because we get to see Ortega you know, as a swashbuckling hero, we yeah. get to see all these different kind of uh, people doing these really interesting things. Um, I can't remember. Oh, I think it was Uhura is this like big princess character. Uh, and then, of course, his daughter is really enjoying getting to play and be out <clears throat> yeah. and be free and then turns into this, you know, being of light by the end. Um, this was the one that the book was called The Kingdom of Elysian by the fictional writer named Benny Who Russell. Who is an internal fictional um, writer, which is really interesting because it's one of um, 
Benjamin Sisko's ancestors or somebody he inhabits at some point. So there's a Deep Space Nine link to that as well, which was just really cleverly done. They don't hang a lantern on it. If you don't read the side of the book, you don't know that it's Benny Russell. So yeah, I love that. I but Hemmer was the standout oh, for I think sure. for all of us in this one. If I remember, we he was the wizard, and I believe he wasn't impacted by he this wasn't delusion? because of because of his species. He wasn't impacted because if it. he he had the like he could like the telepathy yeah. or something to sort of understand that there was this other being kind of at play mm-hmm. uh and the doctor was aware but also not aware and serious things were happening so there was a lot at stake oh no uhura was the bad queen yeah uhura was a badass and bad queen una was the one that was wearing the princess dress and had like the little poodle or uh, something no, it was i La-An. can't remember exactly. brought so uh, christina yeah. chung her <laughs> dog was in this episode and she's kind of like a ditzy princess i think which was yes, like super against yes. type um but what uh, a great yeah. and i think she's singing as well because she's actually come out with an album now after season one um so she obviously she loves singing as well this was like this was an interesting one because by the end of it umbenga is the only one that knows this adventure has happened tells una about yes. it which means that it's only he and Una that know about his daughter and any of that happening. Which I wonder if that's going to come up again or play into future episodes. It just, it felt like it got resolved so quick. Like this is Mbenga saying goodbye to his daughter. And I get yeah. it, like terminal disease is terrible, but you could, he could still find a cure at any point. They, they, they're, they're going to new alien planets. He didn't have to quote-unquote give up on her i still i still don't i i still thought there was going to be some sort of uh play between his daughter and the kid they left strapped to the convinced of that yeah i was convinced that somehow the work he had done with his daughter was going to help this society because that was one of the cruxes of it was that they had lots of cures for medicine but they wouldn't work with with Mbenga because they're going to interfere with they wouldn't work together because it was yeah it was like we don't have the same patterns here why do i have a memory of pike knowing about this i have a memory of pike saying something about oh i did that or something it but you're saying he didn't know so that must be a false memory i've created i mean he knows about una but he i don't think he knows does he know about him i don't i i have this i have this memory of him like responding to the the character he played but i i I could have completely believe me it could be a complete false memory so they definitely don't Maybe Mbenga tells them about it and he thinks, I'm remembering that as well. I'm remembering him saying, like, who who was I? And he's like, yeah. I'm the, je- I, you were the, the jester. You were the jester. Yeah, like, yeah, or something huh, like that. Did I yeah. do a good job? But maybe maybe Mbenga just is, they don't uh, remember it and he's telling them about it. We, we uh, should just rewatch the episode. Anyway, any last thoughts before we, we move also, on? We also, yeah, in this one too, like, they did give it a moment where they let her disappear and we all mm. were like, okie dokie that's that and then she comes back and she's like just to let you it's know all I'm good. Cool. It's I've been fine. living a lifetime you can go ahead so, with a clear conscience because i'm having a great time it's already been 700 years i'm good yes yeah. and that was a thing that was like does she like he, the parent is saying what's your choice child but the parent is still the guardian of the child mm-hmm. and so he just kind of let this thing happen rather than fight for his own way yeah. to cure her and it felt a little bit like man we've got some back-to-back kid episodes going on here this is some fucking crazy bullshit yeah. i don't know if it's back-to-back but it felt really yeah. close and then she returns and she's older and they get to have kind of a moment together and i think that we landed it that was it was a, it was a good story yeah. 
Um, but the standout is definitely Hemmer, knowing that he's in an illusion, trying to pretend to be a sorcerer as he so unlocks good. like things like, oh, it's magic or whatever. And he <laughs> yeah, was, he's he like, was so his, fun to watch. It wasn't a tricorder, <laughs> but he had some gadget and he's like, magic. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, I remember loving the set dressing of the Enterprise as well. It was so oh, bold. So like fun. You've just got this yeah. new ship, this new set. Now you're going to redesign it, get all new costumes. Just the the set guys and the, the costume people are just on another level so in the show this was the one where we found out that they were 3d printing on yes. the um, leather pieces yes. as well so a lot of the things like i remember watching videos of the creation of yeah. that costuming for this episode and it was just oh, really fun awesome. to watch it felt very much like how the creators of lord of the rings spent so much time really invested in mm-hmm. making things that we maybe would have never known were so important like the people who made the chain mail and how much time they spent making the chain mail and how they don't have fingerprints anymore because they made so yes. much chain mail. But <laughs> worth it. Like, did did we did we need to see that level of detail? Yeah. Yeah. It looked fucking amazing and it made it real, it but today. we didn't know we needed it. Yeah. We didn't know we needed it. But now, like, you'll see these things in these, you know, high resolution. And it's just like, man, look at that really detailed mm-hmm. um uh, all the things that they they had, all the costuming, even Mbenga in this yeah. one, just the way that their costuming is just to the next level. And we get to do that with fun things like 3D printers. And thankfully, no one had to lose, you know, their fingerprints. I don't know. To make I feel like happen. you feel more satisfied if you've had to suffer for your art. <laughs> I had to press four buttons. Okay, moving onwards. Episode nine. Ugh. All those who wander. Or Ugh. aliens. Oh, hammer. Right, yes. <laughs> and yeah. we got to talk to Bruce Horrock about this as well. Was, we he did. Up that we, it was kind of influenced by aliens. And we're like, thank God you're going to mention <laughs> it because we were all kind thinking of, it. Kind of, kind in quotes. Of. Uh, yeah, I remember this was my least favorite episode. But was it the rip-off nature of it? Oh, or the yeah. Influence? Just from the you beginning, I was just like, it? you know, maybe yeah. you could do your own thing. The like, Maybe you could do a and, spin yeah. on aliens, but just don't exactly do aliens. Yeah, you literal know? chest bursters <laughs> and everything. Um, Danae, what do you rem- can you remember anything about the synopsizing of this episode? Well, I do want to say, yeah, we've seen some of this stuff before. And by we, I mean other people because I haven't. But, uh, like... If the Gorn were written this way, that they were chestbursters, maybe that was written in content inside the Star Trek universe. Like, it's not it's not uncommon for certain themes to be repeated because parasites live inside of things and burst out. That's just that's nature. Mm-hmm. So that wasn't I, the I don't only think I'm thing. Mad about, but yeah, I, I don't think I'm mad about like some of the similarities that we've seen, but maybe some of the shots and stuff that were meant to be like an homage or like a a love note to something felt cheap mm-hmm. because of it but i thought it was still done really well but this is like a horror episode and it was not fun to watch because i personally don't want to be in a state of panic and and um fight or flight while i watch my my fun stuff um and then of course we have to go through a very horrible uh moment when hammer <laughs> falls off of a cliff before turning into a gorn himself yeah. um or, or before the Gorn is allowed to pop out of him. So so in this episode, they're on this ice planet, and the Gorn can't really survive in that temperature. So they're sort of isolated where a ship has had a Gorn attack, and when they get to the ship, they see all the signs that 
shit's gone sideways. And there are people on this ship that they're saving who are exhibiting signs that something is wrong. So there's this tension of these people who have leakage Mm -hmm. happening and, and pustules happening. And so we not only lose people that could be fun characters to carry with us, but we're also potentially being infected ourselves and also having to figure out how to survive in this very tight space with darkness and, you know, people being dragged into the darkness with their little fingers in the foreground, mm-hmm. like squeaking along and blood spatter. And it's, it, this is a fucking intense one that ends with our favorite character dying. Yeah. Was it was it not easy? No. Uh, and we get, this wasn't, we an easy get one. Spock that turns his emotion chip on so that it allows him to turn into a rage monster. Is that, am I remembering that right? Oh, yeah, like that's not he rages. in the synopsis, but he like goes, full primal and screams and goes like ape shit yes he does he goes into full survival mode um because he realizes that that shit's gone Mm -hmm. sideways yeah this is a fucking creepy one Um, i think you're both wrong i have got the biggest smile on my face i remember having the same issues with this episode but thinking back on it this is why i love star trek because it can like the episode that we watched genesis that is a horror movie in a star trek episode and that's what I love it when it can genre hop like that. Yes, it is m- majorly derivative of, of another alien, of another sci-fi property, but it is—it's a well-done version of it. Like I think it's a really great version of that concept for me. I really enjoyed it. Um, I, I really bought into the heart of what Hema was saying to Uhura because Uhura is having a crisis about should I be in Starfleet or not? What should I do? And he's just like, look, quit stressing about it and just see what happens. Like, don't overthink it. Just follow the path that you're on. I hate saying goodbye to Hema. I know there's got to be reasons why they want to change the chief engineer or maybe Bruce Horrock wasn't available or whatever the reasons are. I hate, hate that we lost Hema. I think he had so much to give us, probably more than any other character in the show. Um, Really sad to see him go. But I love this episode. I really did. Aaron, why do you hate it? Uh, I, well, I think I mentioned uh, enough already. I did want to ask, though, because Danae mentioned something that I think is is important and would be helpful to me. Is there pre-established canon about the Gorn that this is how they interact with nope. people? Or Okay, so this All is... All we know is that the crocodile fights <clears throat> with Kirk on the, on <laughs> oh, the planet. Yes. Okay. And we watched the video. We know that they're very warlike. Now, there's <sighs> lots of stuff in books and stuff in stories, but not That's what this. I'm saying, yeah. Not, not, nothing about birthing pods and how they incubate okay. and stuff like no, that. This is I, thought that, was a valid, I thought that was a really valid point. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I, I just wanted to explore it a little bit further because you have much more knowledge than I do. I just think for me, I don't mind homages. I think homages can be really fun and really interesting. For me, I wanted something uh, uh, about this um, more often to set it apart. It, it really, it, it felt like a... This is too mean. This is too mean. This is not, this is, this is exaggerated, but it felt like a, you know, like a, you know, a middle school play of guys and dolls or something, you know, where it's like, where it's like, you know, I, I, I kind of just want to go watch the original so I can see it done better. Okay. Okay. Um, and so there is that element to it. Um, but uh, but I also might just be mad that they took Hammer from me. That That's could fair. be part of it as well. That's mm-hmm. fair. Uh, interestingly, um, the chat has reminded us that, and I've forgotten about this entirely. Laan leaves. He, she she takes a leave of absence at the end of this episode to go and help her former mm. colony, or mm. somebody somebody sends a distress signal and she's going to go and and help them out. 
So she's not in the finale at all. Um, she goes off on her own mission. Hammer also takes a leave of absence. At the, uh, the end. He sure yeah. does. A permanent yeah. one. Yeah. As does that kid uh, on I've, the planet. And for anyone who hasn't gone and listened to like our podcast series of season one or listened to the in-between stuff, we do have the interview with the actor who played Hammer. And we got to learn yeah, some interesting do. things specifically like how they um, shot some of the scenes, how they have walls of screens behind the actors so that as they move around in this pretend environment the screens reflect what's around them so they can kind of get some perspective i thought that was really really interesting and yeah it was like it was a really fun time to chat with a a character that we adored Mm -hmm. and we got to share the hammer void with him with which was the birth surprise um as well but he had some great insights about what it was like being partially sighted as well um and working working on star trek and just so yeah so many great great insights from him loved that interview thank you bruce we love you um thank you bruce episode 10 good lord equality of mercy this is how you do fan service and references people this is this episode (laughs) kicked all of the buttocks i could have done a three to five hour essay on this episode and how cool it is and to do something original in star trek isn't easy because if you go to youtube and type in star trek dot 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 add a word you'll find a clip where they've done it and this episode surprised me and i didn't know where it was going i had an incredibly good time with it you guys are allowed to now speak aaron well, you, you have said that you liked it, but you haven't said what the episode would happen. Say, exactly. I'm not saying all. anything about what happens. You guys, what do you remember happening in this episode? Let's throw it to Aaron first. I, I remember this being a uh, alternate uh, parallel uh, telling of a, a TOS episode, yes. right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I remember thinking it was really, really cool uh, to kind of play. Because there are moments that happen in both episodes. And it's pretty well done, um, if I remember correctly, how how they compare, um, which I think is 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 not only interesting, but when executed to this level, um, exhilarating. Uh, so yeah, I I I love that kind of um, you know you've seen the story, but you didn't know this was going on mm-hmm. I, all the way back to Lion King one and a half. You know what yes. I mean? Like there there are just these <laughs> stories that. Uh, I guess I guess you probably should take it back to like Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead, uh, mm. like that kind of thing. Like you know, uh, you know the story, but did you know this was happening too, or this is a more context to it? I love that kind of stuff. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that'll uh, that'll always uh, be interesting for me, and I think it was done really, really well. Danae, because you, I remember you saying there was sorry, there was some moments where you were like, "That's really weird," and I'm like, "Yeah, because they redid the scene in the original." Yeah, I totally forgot about that. Um, think the only thing that i can remember is that maybe in the previous episodes he was looking up the children so, mm, yes. so pike is seeing the we future and, and pike is seeing the future and in the future there are cadets that die during this whatever happens the uh, radiation yeah on the enterprise there's a big old radiation leak and a bunch of cadets and new officers and ensigns die under Picard, under damn it, under Pike's command, and he gets and he gets really, really badly injured. And he's decided that maybe he can change the future if he can convince these kids to not join Starfleet because their current list is seven years away. 
So um, he's going to try and convince them to not join Starfleet or alter their paths. Yeah, so he's been kind of peeping in on these yeah. families because in his timeline where he's at now, they're still children. And so he's basically considering some differences that he can make. I don't remember anything that happens in this episode. Man, that's like amazing. Have, so zero. Can you guys rem- give me like little something that I can see if it sparks? Okay. Like, okay, yeah, it's an alternate future, but what was what happened? So Romulans. Pike. So I'm going to say Romulans is your first big clue. Doesn't matter. Cool. Um, a Romulan ship, and they have to decide whether to engage, attack, or retreat. Nope. Um, Pike makes a choice that affects the future of the Federation. Nope. Pike shouldn't... <laughs> I don't remember this at That's all. That's amazing. Well, let's just go from the beginning, because an older version of Pike turns up in young in our Pike's quarters and says, hey, buddy, and he's in the Monster Maroon uniform, and he says, hey, buddy, you're you're going to prevent your own injury, and no matter how you do that, whatever permutation of the future there is, it's fucking awful, and the Federation ends up being at war with the Romulans, shit goes sideways in every version of the future where you don't get maimed. Um, and he says, to prove it to you, here's a snapshot of something that happens in the future that shouldn't happen. And he lives uh, a day in the future where he's in command of the Enterprise and Captain Kirk should actually be in command of the Enterprise. And it's exploring in this episode the choices that Kirk makes compared to the choices that Pike makes and how Pike is a different type of leader results in the Romulans um, taking advantage and thinking that all of Starfleet is like this. Do you remember any of that? It's nope. fascinating. Aaron, did, does that is that all ringing bells and stuff? Oh yeah, no, I I yeah, I I, I do actually remember uh, this episode again because I, I thought the concept was so so cool in the idea of you know branching timelines and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff is going to be very very interesting to me also you know i thought the kirk portrayal was um always going to be an interesting choice mm-hmm. uh but i liked it and i i really liked the way the episode played the differences uh between their styles mm-hmm. um because I think there is a little bit of a tendency to see Pike as a Kirk-type captain. Yeah. But he's really not. He's really not. He's really not. And I think this episode really showed that yeah. uh, in some cool ways. Because in Kirk's episode, Kirk kind of gets slammed for being a bit too aggressive. Because he is staying toe-to-toe with this cloaked Romulan warbird. And is saying, we need to like we need to attack it so that they know we mean business. And if this ship gets away then they're going to go back and say oh the starfleet are a pushover we crossed over into their space blew up some star bases and they did fuck all about it so we're going to turn up with a fleet and kirk is kind of pushing we need to cripple this ship and destroy it so that they know that we mean business and they can't just walk all over us it works out well because in they kind of come to an accord and the romulan ship decides to retreat and ends up getting destroyed anyway so kirk comes off as the good guy but in this version um yeah they call for backups and there's this like hideous like face-off that leads to leads to war we assume and then pike goes back in time and old pike is like yep told you and pike agrees to let his future be what it will be so it kind of resolves his arc of what am i going to do about my future and he kind of has a bit of closure and i'm hoping we keep that closure so that we don't keep bringing up this self-doubt and 
I only have so many years left to live. What am I going to do with them? Because that's, that would be really distracting for future episodes. It's kind of Captain Pike across the, the Pike-averse. Yeah, uh, it really is. Is, is yeah. kind of what goes on well, here. And yeah. it's, um, it's a wonderful life and Scrooge as well. Like, here's the ghost of Christmas future. I do remember something. Yeah. I remember sitting down after the episode going, that was a pretty confusing but like I don't I don't understand and you guys are so fucking excited <laughs> and that's perhaps because the bit they had that's done unkind something, uh, that they had done something so amazing because they had repeated some stuff and you got to do like this Kirk Pike comparison and I'm just like that was an episode of TV that happened yeah and I didn't get why it was so powerful until we it talked it might be the most unforgiving because you can get the gist of it but there's no way you get that impact unless you know the balance of terror episode so maybe it is a bit and i find it interesting fans. that after all this time this is the one episode that i'm like i don't remember shit from it and it might be because of that yeah like i think then, yeah. then it also has oh, stupid let's do it. tags i just i'm so angry about the tags to this episode just because it is all marketing it is all yeah. people in a room going oh we gotta do something so they'll come back and you watch don't. season two you've been renewed and it's we're just going like, to watch it. <sighs> it i was very very frustrated with those tags so this is the post-credit what, what's this the, is tags? the post-credit pre-credit scene it's a post-credit scene that happens before the credits it is and yes. it's una being arrested so pike girlfriend pike's oh. lady friend comes back arrests Una because they found out that she's uh, she's an Illyrian. She's illegally And that's where we're presumably going to pick up in episode one. Yeah, unnecessary, a little bit frustrating. But I'm going to go back to, um, I, I watched Balance of Terror with my dad before we watched, before I let him watch the finale. And I said, we're going to watch Balance of Terror. For no reason whatsoever, For no reason dad. whatsoever. And Just what I picked randomly. And he was blown away by like the comparisons mm -hmm. and... It, it's almost unfair to show this episode and not tell us to watch Balance of Terror. But I also know you want your big surprise. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okie dokie. That's the season. So after we've done a recap, let's start with Danae. What did you... How did your thoughts, feelings on the series change after being reminded of some of it? And what, what are your big standouts? No, I think I'm still convinced that this might be one of my favorite Star Trek experiences um, I'm really glad that in the in-between seasons, we've gone back and visited some TNG, mm -hmm. you know, here on the podcast, because I've seen some really great TV and been reminded about how even the older episodes still have something yeah. for me. But there's such a difference in pacing. Mm -hmm. And I feel like Strange New Worlds is doing old school stuff, but with a new way of telling stories. And uh, I remember feeling that that was a really engaging experience where like tng is it just kind of still sometimes feels like oh this is just a different way of telling story we did just watch one that i thought was like maybe the best of all time yeah um, and its pacing day. was pretty strong yeah. yeah data's day had a nice clip to it the whole time it really didn't stop but even still um i think that like the writers are just writing a little bit more for a different audience mm -hmm. and i am that different audience i feel uh, so yeah, I'm really excited. I'm nervous because the bar is high, mm -hmm. <laughs> but I, I think I'm excited to see what they do and to see how long they can keep it going because this is what I want my Star Trek to feel yeah. like. Although I am going to continue to miss some of the references and uh, not remembering that final one is is really kind of messing with my yeah, head a I bit. Bet. And so it might've gone from like a nine out of 10 to, or a 10 out of 10 to like a mm -hmm. nine out of 10 in a way because of that i just hope that they don't do that a lot because clearly it did something clearly it missed something well I, I mean i don't think it's spoilery 
at all to mention a particular episode that everybody knows is going to happen or is it for Danae? Um, no, Danae knows that it's happening. Okay. Yeah. So I what? don't think it's spoiler what? spoilery to to mention the Lower Decks crossover uh, that's going to happen in season two. And that might be similar to this where, you know, there there might be a lot of inside Lower Decks stuff. And I know you've watched a couple episodes of, of Lower Decks, so maybe that'll be a little bit better. But um, And all of season three, which is good. So you oh, have seen quite yeah, a few. you've seen all of. Yeah, OK, so. But yeah, I imagine this show will do those kind of things occasionally, and I'm and I'm here for it. Some of them may miss me. I want by the every way. season finale to be a reenactment of an old episode Would, of Star Trek. As I'm long as it's TOS, it. uh, I'm I'm in. Um, <laughs> but like, if it's some other corresponding show, I may it may confuse me. I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. I will be probably incorrectly and unhealthily focused on the standalone episode nature of the yeah, show. Fair enough. I, it, it's just what's going to keep me in love with this show. Yeah. And, uh, it, and that may be unfair. Uh, I, I, it's just who I am. And the second this show turns into discovery or Picard, where it's a, a season long plot and every episode is just another step towards that plot. Mm-hmm. It, it's going to get really annoying to me. So as long as they can keep the you know the adventure of the week stuff going, I'm going to be really in because I love that stuff. It would be wild to me if they didn't. It, it has been branded, marketed, uh, propelled as that from day one. I will be stunned if they abandon that. But it will be a very fine line to walk because they're still going to want to do some of it. Um, but they wrapped up pretty much everything that they set up they pretty much wrapped up last season the gorn will be ongoing just like the klingons romulans and borgar una is the cliffhanger that i think is the one thing we're like oh you didn't need to do that pike's thing got resolved mostly and benga got resolved so that kind of brought me some comfort that those things are kind of done done and you think the pike thing is done done i think it is yeah i i think it is that'd be nice i just i just think it's it's too tempting of a big overall, like, can you change the future kind of thread I that know. I think they will have a hard time not playing with. I don't know why you have that finale if that isn't your, we're done. Like, okay. this is wrapping I, it up. I hope you're right. I, I hope yeah, you're right. Exactly. I would I be too. really confused. That, right I'm too. even more confused about, I would be extremely confused about the season finale. It, it will actually make the season finale worse for me if they bring it up again because I'm like, why are we revisiting this? That was a great if cha- if seeing the future is a shit heap. What if that doesn't convince you? What else is going to convince you? Um, and we already have uh, the menagerie, which is a, a two parter in TOS, is a great resolution to Pike's story, which which we have. So I, I and that happens ten years from now. So I don't know why we would have to keep dipping back back into this. Who knows? Right. But. I'm really hoping that we don't do too much where like so so it's interesting because this show precedes TOS yes. and so whatever the fans have seen in TOS between like Spock and Chapel or whatever mm. it should be like all that we need to know. So I hope they don't go too heavy handed with like the to Pring obviously might need to come like they they're probably going to do the love triangle situation and I hope it's not too heavy handed mm. in that because you know it's a tricky thing because in tos we also have a resolution to the tapring thing so the showrunners have said we will be doing interesting things with the show's canon like the established canon we'll try not to break it too much and i i hate being the 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 canon gatekeeper but it is there these things did happen i'm happy for it to be bended and interpreted but let's not outright make it inconsistent i don't i don't know i don't want to be too precious about don't break it, Ian's show guys I, uh, don't break I, Ian's I, show 
do it is a it is a beloved thing so let's not like do something right he, he, he recently had one of his favorite star trek movies broken for him i saw it happen yeah and i just it's yeah, hard my it, goodness it we'll talk about him. we'll talk about that at some point <laughs> fuck you jeremy scott right tonight <laughs> so i i think my point my point is that i hope that they don't try to rewrite stuff That's too what much I mean. so yes. for a new audience yeah. but rather just like let it be what it is and in the characters that we don't know that well yes. like ortega for example or the doctor, these characters that we can kind of like play with a little bit more. You can give us more in those sure. dimensions mm -hmm. or even better, don't rely too much on that and show us really fun episodes in new yeah. interesting spaces exactly. every single week because that's boldly, the stuff that we're really going to do. It. Exactly. I'm way more interested in if there's something in TOS that doesn't make sense that you want to quote unquote fix or rewrite, find a clever way to get us to what TOS gave us and fix it that way rather than rewriting it. That takes more brain cells, mm -hmm. more creativity for me than just, ah, we don't like that. We're going to rewrite it um but yeah there we go all right that was i really enjoyed that that was a fun breakdown i needed that i needed that recap going into season two so i'm I did really too. glad we did yeah you clearly needed it commodore your performance i was glad review, to provide it for you your performance review is going to be as he drops a fidget spinner next to the mic your performance Listen, review, mics are being dropped everything's falling apart spinners are being all dropped. hands abandoned ship it's everything. the ship is literally falling apart <laughs> around us Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week to do season one. Damn it. Season two, episode one of Strange New Worlds. We are so excited for that. Live show next week, if you want to join us, will be Thursday, 12.30 Central Time on YouTube live and um, Cinema Sins live Twitch. Every episode thereafter, 99% certain will be on a Friday. We'll tell you if anything changes. The Commodore will be with us for most of the journey. There's a couple where you can't join us. But um, I think yeah. I know of one for sure that I cannot yeah. join. So we're gonna we're gonna have some fun. I'm really really excited. There's no end of episode quotes. So do you have anything to say before we sign off, guys? Um, if you would like to um, check out my uh, Angel Chapel fanfic, uh, oh, wow. yeah. it, it does not exist. Let's You'll have go. to write it yourself. Yeah, but please tell me where. Yeah, you tell end me where to find, that. Tell us where to find your fanfiction. <laughs> Uh, no, I am excited. Um, I would encourage the podcast listeners, if you can join us for a live episode, um, please do. We have a lot of fun, especially whenever it's brand new content that none of us have seen before. Um, join the excitement if you can, uh, every Friday at 1230, Correct. right? Yeah. Ish. Central, except for, like we said, the first episode of this yeah. new season will be on Thursday, next Thursday at 1230. If you can, and if you can't, that's totally fine. Thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast. Um, I've said this many, many times. I'm going to say it again. Ian and I didn't know if this was the kind of show that would be kind of a fun crossover of the CinemaSins world into a fan fandom. Mm -hmm. And it's just been really fun to hear your guys' feedback. So even if you can't join us for a live show, if you ever have any questions or comments, you can always message them to us. Um, it's just been really fun to kind of like, I don't know, find a little yeah, space in this world. It really is. So, uh, even if there's something that you think of later on that you want to share, you're always welcome to, to send that in because we know not everybody can be for the live Absolutely. content. And we just crossed, as of last week, 60,000 total downloads. So thank you guys for downloading Yay! our show. Woo! We love you so much. We can't believe you want to listen to us talk about Star Trek. That's insane. So um, I guess that, that's it. So from Captain Ian, Commodore Dicer, and Ambassador Danae, we'll see you next week. Live long and prosper. Thanks for listening. 
Want to connect with the show? Our hailing frequencies are always open through captainspod at cinemasins.com. Like, comment, and subscribe on your podcast player of choice, and be sure to visit cinemasins.com. So are we getting into this thing where it's like, hey, what do you remember from episode one? And then you give us like little hints about what we're supposed to remember. I was going to do a whole speech at the beginning of the episode about how expecting me to remember what happened in the last season of a show is is a lot. It's going to it could be kind of fun. Like you give us little clues and then we try to build around it. That's a great idea. I love that. I mean, I'm reading the Wikipedia descriptions in front of me and I can't remember some of these episodes. Great. How how did you feel about Ian changing the background of your computer to oh, oh, oh. the Danae bidet. He got so mad. Did he really? Did yes, you he did. did I? He got as mad as Aaron gets. <laughs> what? I sent you a text message. Do you want to read this very angry yes, text message? I do. I do. Oh actually. my God. Please read it with Verbatim. the influx, like the inflection. Yeah, of I want to hear how you heard yes. this text message. Yes, that's yeah. important. So for anybody that doesn't know, um, last week's live show, I um, shared an image with Danae that I made about two weeks after meeting her when we were, for some reason, talking about bidets. So I photoshopped a picture of her onto a bidet. Um, and as I brought it up Which on screen... Which is the best, the best rhyming Danae bit since we did that with uh, Danae on a beignet. Yes. Uh, so, and yes. Th- it may have been that that inspired <laughs> it. It may have been a BTS thing. Um, so yeah, Danae on a bidet was just too good to not do. So I set it as Aaron's um, background. So Aaron... Well, let's see... Okay, t- to explain a little better, you said it is like half of my background. Like it was just hey, the upper, upper half of the picture. Setup. It was it was weird. I, I didn't understand it, it. I said it as a background, but it dominated the top screen and then didn't do anything with the bottom screen. Bizarrely. Yeah. I just wanted it up there, but it did something weird and did the whole, ah, the whole, I see. The whole thing. I see. Aaron hasn't messaged me in like two days because he's been in Vegas doing Vegas things. Mm-hmm. So out of the blue, the first message that I get is um da, 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 man we we no i think i started it with dude i think i started it with dude which terrified me that was <laughs> so intimidating you never call me dude dude period oh a period oh no what did you do to my studio <laughs> that's it period. that's me being angry that's so intimidating that's so mean. It's, it's not mean. Like, you have not you have an f bomb every other word in that sentence. Uh, like not written, but this like reminds me, subtext. This reminds me of the time where you admitted to me that when I don't put an exclamation point on my okay, that you think I'm mad at you. <laughs> like, yeah, or a smiley like, face or love heart. Yeah, the effort that you had to go to do, dude. Period. Mm-hmm. What did you do to my studio? You know how I know that you're mad. Yeah, how? There isn't a question mark at the end of that sentence. Oh, There's that a period. That me miss me miss uh uh whatever it is uh punctuating something is not indication that I'm no, mad. No, it is because a question mark <laughs> is very specific. You just went period. It was like statement. What did you do to my studio? Mm, mm. It wasn't even computer screen. It wasn't well, well, it was the entire studio. space. Well, like, let's let's be clear. Down? It was one of like three or four things oh, that out, I had to change. Get out. Get out. <laughs> I said, oh my goodness, Aaron, I'm so sorry. Whatever it is that I've done, you I did not. Okay, I'm looking this up. You did not say that. <laughs> I apologize unreservedly. You have my full capitulation. Uh-huh. Please still uh-huh. be my friend. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. That's what no. you meant uh, by whatever you said? I said, what do you mean? I just moved the camera. <laughs> okay, and that's what that meant. <laughs> because that's what I do. That's I moved the camera. And he just said, bottom screen isn't working, period. Picture of Danae on b- bidet, period. What is going on? Question mark. 
What is the chaos I have returned to? <laughs> yes, that's all. I was curious. A changed wallpaper and a moved camera. And a screen that wasn't working. I didn't do that. And I should also mention, you you set the computer to sleep or something while I was gone, which I never do yeah, with this computer. Yeah, I set it to sleep because <laughs> you weren't using it. I, I replied to that saying, haha, okay, the wallpaper was definitely me. I thought you would make it would make you chuckle. I have no idea what happened to the bottom screen. I didn't turn it off. I just put the PC on standby. Mm -hmm. And you replied, okay, period. I'll do a reset, period. Should clear things up, period. <laughs> I, love that. I love your interpretation. <laughs> I'm just having right, a, what I you... think is a normal conversation no. with somebody. How else do you interpret that other than I'm mad at you? You interpret the words. You don't interpret the, like, the, uh, whatever, the emotion behind I'll put it. I whatever emotion I want onto your words, sir. Thank you. Well, that's not the way to have fun, son. The truth of the matter is, this is the first time Ian and I have spoken since then. Uh, yes. I am furious with him. And yeah, I just, I will, I will not make eye contact with him anymore. That's fair. I actually don't like eye contact, so this has worked out great <laughs> for me. Mama told me not to come. She said that ain't the way to have fun, son. Yeah, that song? Yes. Okay, I'm just, look, I don't, I don't know. Yes. I'm vaguely aware of pop culture music through the ages. I don't know which Welsh singers have made it over to um, to America. That's a Welsh singer? Tom Jones. Yeah. Well, maybe not originally. The version I know is Tom Jones. Mama told me not to come. That's she the said... way that it's done, son. So how do you, who do you know that sang it? I have no idea who sings it. Oh, okay. Well, I thought it was Tom Jones. That ain't the way to have fun, son. Yeah, so, uh, Three Dog Night is who does that song. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was like, there's no way that's Tom Jones. Tom Jones has done a cover of it. I, I would love to hear it. You don't believe me? I don't believe that if he has, I don't believe, I don't believe that you have heard Tom Jones cover of it, even if he's done a cover of it. The Three Dog Night version is the version of that song. Is this Tom Jones? Yeah. Man, living in England must be weird. <laughs> That's so weird. <laughs> it would be like saying Tom Jones is the singer of I Did It My Way. Like, no, it's not. <laughs> yes, it really so, is. It's, like, that is a Three Dog Night song. That is a cover. <laughs> that ain't the way to have fun. So, this is. That's the only version I know, okay? I, maybe I'm so, wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Just, I, like, which one came first? I mean, I'm sure the Three Dog Night version one came came first. I'm, I'm sure that one came first. But Tom Jones is the version that I know. From being... But it must be just from living in England, right? Like, Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's got to be. Okay. Yeah, that's got to be an English thing. You were convinced that Tom Jones hadn't even released that as a song. I Listen, I there's... It's just funny to think... Of a cover being in somebody's mind as the representation of a song. Yes. This happens to me a lot because I'm not super plugged into music. So I I'm I often get the versions of songs wrong. And they're like, oh, it was much better when someone else did it. And I was like, well, they should have done it first then. Ian, they did. Oh, okay. Tom Jones, Mama Told Me Not To Come is a cover of Three Dog Nights, Mama Told, Mama told Me. <clears throat> it's fine. I understand. No, no, no. I, I'm trying to... Because Three Dog Nights 1970 version was a cover. Mm. Oh, the Tom Jones version was 2000. Yeah, it was ages ago. 
okay, so this explains something. Because you would have been, what, like around 10 then? 10, exactly. So, like, that's... And I'd have heard the, on the course, radio. yeah. The other one came out before either of us were born, right. by the way, just so we're clear. Yeah, uh-huh. What, six months? <laughs> Randy Newman wrote that song. Of course he did. In 1967. Of course he did. He wrote everything. Newman released the song himself on an album called 12 Songs. Mm-hmm. I'd like to hear that. I would love to hear... His version of it? Randy Newman's version of... I bet, it, I bet Mama it's not Told as, Me Not To Come. I bet it's not as good as Tom Jones' version. <laughs> the... <laughs> The quintessential the quint- version of that song. The epitome. Happy dogs. Dogs are here. Dogs are doing things. So what have you been doing since you left the ship? Ah, uh, enjoying a life of not thinking about Star Trek. <laughs> oh, that sounds like a terrible life. Blissfully unaware of, of any Trek. You've been watching Picard, though. I know that. Did no, you that's watch true. All of- no, you that's did- true. I did watch all of Picard. Yeah, I did. was not impressed. Yeah, we'll talk about that in the show. Will we? Was it? No, we won't. So okay. was <laughs> what was it that you didn't like? I, I mean, it was it, I, there to me, there was nothing beyond the nostalgia. And because I don't connect to the nostalgia as much as everybody else. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, I think I think you could make a semi-decent movie from the last couple episodes. Yeah. Like a little bit okay. of the first episode, a little bit uh-huh. of the last couple episodes, make yeah. a movie. Mm-hmm. Maybe that movie's fun and okay. interesting and I enjoy it. But there's not enough story to stretch out into those 10 episodes. And I just found myself being like, this is this is not fun. <laughs> That's kind of where we got to with six, seven and eight, wasn't it, Danae? The They were stretching the story really far in Picard season three. Yes. I remember it like it was yesterday. I clearly remember thinking... <laughs> God, why, <laughs> how, when, where, who? Uh-huh. I think sometimes nostalgia gets a, a bad rep when it's a fun thing. Nostalgia's fun. Like the, yeah. there's there's a reason it works for for an audience because we like remembering things we love. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a fun thing to do. Yeah, uh, the nostalgia thing didn't bug me, but that's because I do have a deep, deep connection to the right. source material and what I'm having nostalgia at me like that, that hit me. But yeah, I did want, I wanted more story too. Yeah. I think there's, I think there's a tendency right now because there's so much regurgitated IP mm-hmm. to feel like nostalgia in and of itself is a negative. And I just don't think that's true. No, it's uh, all in the delivery, but you know, but if you're going to count on the nostalgia as the primary reason something is successful or good, uh, you're limiting yourself to your most fervent fans. Aaron, can I read some lyrics of yeah, a please, song to you? Please, yes. Okay. Is it Tom Jones's version? <laughs> yes, of... it is of Slime. Yes. Slime, because it's awesome, and I can make it, and it hardly costs a dime. You can touch it, but you can't keep it, because this particular glob is mine. <laughs> slime, 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 slime. Mom may hate it, but I still love it. It's my lovely precious slime mm. yep slime makes me feel warm inside and weirdly satisfied i like to squeeze it and hold it, it and fold it and bounce it and twist it and try my best not to drop it my favorite toy makes hilarious noise when i squeeze it and i feel good inside that's why i'm gonna kiss that's why i'm gonna spend my time making slime hmm. well i i most certainly just took all of those lyrics at face value mm-hmm. and uh and- these are children Songs. And, Calm down. and know that it's a ch- child okay. song and i okay. my brain okay. didn't do anything weird with those lyrics at all because i'm all right. a very well, normal do... 
person we'll who wouldn't one. think that way. We'll do another one that, that you cannot misinterpret. Oh, oh no, try no. me. <laughs> oh, no. Everyone knows that you dress up on Halloween, but what about the 364 days between? Why do we have to dress so boring when we could look amazing? Of course, there's the clothes that you wear to the store. Nope, to school in the store. But after a while, they're a bore. I want more. I want to be a rock star. I want to be a mermaid. I want to be a unicorn. I want more. I want to no- knock them out at the grocery store. I want to look amazing. Why can't every day be Halloween? It's See, good to knock them out really. at the grocery I, I, yeah, store. I, was, I, I highly recommend not knocking anyone out at the grocery <laughs> store. However, the rest of that makes a lot of sense. We'll fake a bone got it. protrusion to make a phony illusion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Makes of sense. Of way round. Of way round. No, wait. We'll... We'll make a bony protrusion to fake a phony illusion. Of way round. It's fucking shit. We'll fake a <laughs> we'll fake a phony illusion to make a bony protrusion to make a well, we'll fake no, a phony protrusion to make a bony illusion. Yeah, that's illusion. what Danae said. That's what Danae said. I thought you flipped it. No, no, she had it right. Phony protrusion, bony illusion. Continue. No, it's got to be bony protrusion. It would make no sense to it's say phony protrusion because it's P and P together. Yeah, exactly. That's how we'll I remembered fake it. A phony protrusion to make a bony, bony illusion. illusion. Oh, I see. Okay. All it's, right. It's not the perfect solution, but the world's not big on inclusion. Right. That doesn't quite rhyme, but it's close enough. Okay, get out. <laughs> that's those that's about a unicorn, right? That's the bony protrusion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just to make yeah. sure that, that well, this it's, it's kid's about... song is talking about a unicorn horn. <laughs> yes. Not yes. some other For the yeah. bony. Yeah. Intrusion. No, which, no, 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 no. It's not no, an intrusion. No, it's a pro. Yep. No, uh-huh, no. Mm-hmm, yep. Uh, I think the only thing that I remember about this, and and I'm I'm excited to talk about. <laughs> okay, Danae just lost her mic. Did somebody, you catch it? Somebody from the future does not want her to finish this podcast. <laughs> I caught it before it nice. broke my mind. Nice. Okay. Well, this will be an interesting show. <laughs> This is staying in. Everything is falling apart. <laughs> so <laughs> night, the second that happened, Nightbot said, did you like something? Clip it so we can share it and show it off. <laughs> no, don't clip this shit. Clip it. Clip no. it good. That's amazing. <laughs> clip it real okay, good. Okay, I'm just going to have to hold my microphone the whole time. <laughs> what just wrecked the mic? Uh, okay, the, the back of the mic is jabbing oh, no. into the wall. We're good. Aaron, can Everything's you head fine. Over there and Everything... help I, listen, I think she, oh, I, I think gonna, she already has gonna, the solution to this problem in I'm her home somewhere. On, I've got to balance it on my arm. She's wearing the microphone as a as a sling. Didn't you order a solution <laughs> to this problem a while back? Okay, no. all right. Well then, we... but also it's a different problem. It was we're in my arm is attached to my oh uh, table. well then that just needs that to be resecured yeah off yeah. yeah which will be something after the stream is over so this will just be my life Amazing. now uh, for a That's hot great. minute well thankfully we're almost done <clears throat> so okay. yes okay. carry on um <laughs> <laughs> go 